Kristen, Kristen, hello. Did you get my text message this weekend? You've totally ignored me. Why, I I did, of course, get your text messages. I always get your text messages, but I have to say these most recent ones were just, I don't know. They were tiny bit confusing. You were confused. Why were you confused? It wasn't your normal, like, zucchini and peach one. It was, like, the other <laughs> stuff that I don't really understand what it means. It was, you know. I don't know what you're suggesting when I send you a peach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was trying to tell you that Meghan Markle is getting her own emojis before the royal wedding. Oh, is that what that crown meant? Yeah, that's why I sent you the crown and the aubergine or eggplant as you're American. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't understand me. But yeah, actually, Meghan is going to get her own emoji app released. And I'm so happy that I'm going to be able to express exactly what I feel every moment of every day by just using emojis of Meghan. We're not even going to need the keyboard anymore. We're just going to need those emojis and that's all we're going to type back and forth to each other from now on. Can you imagine? Oh my God. I actually have the Ariana Grande emoji app at the moment. So I'm looking forward to freshening up my my emojis. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, this is going to top that. We we could go on all day about that, but we should introduce ourselves first. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong Royals enthusiast based in the US. And I'm James Barr, a royal loving fan in the UK. And you're listening to When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cost. In each episode, we examine the latest news about the wedding, do a deep dive into a pressing issue about the royal couple, and finally, give our predictions for what we think will happen at the wedding itself. Shall we get to this week's headlines, James? Let's do it. First up, when are Meghan and Harry not out and about, meeting the public, shaking hands, inspiring young children and the world? The past week was no different. The BBC has reported that the couple took a surprise trip to Belfast in Northern Ireland. They visited Titanic Belfast and Catalyst Inc., met some dignitaries, lords, MPs, got lunch at a historic spot in the city centre called Crown Liquor Saloon. Sounds like our kind of place, Kristen. Mm -hmm. Um, The building is... Is actually one of Belfast's most iconic and there was lots of history to be shared and hopefully uh, lots of drinks as well. We love a liquid lunch, people. Yeah, and can we just say how fantastic Meghan and Harry looked? I mean, they always look terrific, but I think Meghan looked prettier in Belfast than she ever has and I don't know if it's just because it was a surprise trip and maybe it was just a little bit more of her letting loose and just looking relaxed and beautiful. I just thought she looked fantastic. Maybe she knew that she was near the set for Game of Thrones and was like, this could be it. It could get myself back into acting (laughs) (laughs) possibly or maybe Jon Snow is there obviously Megan is fully in love and would never but you know I would still make the effort, wouldn't you? Okay, okay. But for more important moments in the itinerary, the couple also got to see the work of Amazing the Space, a community peace initiative launched by Harry in 2017. It's a group that empowers young people in Northern Ireland to be ambassadors for peace in their neighborhoods. Yeah, the kids didn't actually know that Meghan and Harry were going to be sitting front row at the event. So it was a huge surprise. Yeah, there's that one photo of this girl sitting next to Megan and Harry who looks like she's just going to die. Like she's trying to hold it all in how excited she is. I would be that excited too. I mean, they're sitting in the audience. There's a showcase of dance, of song, of uplifting messages. And here you see this girl just sitting next to Megan like she's just going to explode because she's so excited. Like an angel. I know it's really wrong. We should be really happy for everyone. But I'm just getting more and more jealous. I feel like Harry and Megan have met everyone but us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, why do these kids get special attention? What about us? I know, yeah. we're, we're kids too. <laughs> okay, in totally different news, and this is very fantastic news, it's finally happening, the wedding invitations are made and they are in 
the mail. Woo! Kensington Palace shared the story of how the invitations came to be, and it's so perfect. In case you missed this, the invitations were printed by Lottie Small, who just finished her apprenticeship at the printing company Barnard and Westwood. She's only 24. She was unbelievably excited and squealed a bit when she found out she'd be printing the actual royal wedding invitations. And I absolutely love this. They were printed with American ink on British paper. Isn't that so perfect? Oh, yay. This is just like the union itself. It's the blending of two great things, the American word and the British page. Oh, it's perfect. I desperately now want to fall in love with an American so I can do the same thing. (laughs) Kristen, you're already married. Never mind. 600 people have been invited to the service at the chapel and 200 people have been lucky enough to get an invitation to a private evening reception at Frogmore House, which you might remember was actually their first choice for a wedding venue, which they were apparently denied. And it's where they took those super cute engagement photos. So we're both very happy that they're going to have this beautiful place as part of their big day. And we must point out that there's been a lot of talk around the fact that on the invitation, Meghan Markle's name appears as Ms. Meghan Markle, M.S. period, which is for all intents and purposes, in my mind, what you call any woman unless she corrects you and says she prefers to be called Miss or Mrs. or something else. But um, a lot of people think Ms. sounds a little bit like Maybe it's trying to acknowledge that she's divorced. Maybe it's trying to acknowledge that she's not young. Maybe it's trying to acknowledge that she's uh, not as proper in some way. I know there's been a lot of discussion about this. How do you how do you read that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a miss or a miss or a missus, but I know from like researching this and going in that actually it doesn't really make any difference because ultimately. I don't think I personally don't think a woman should be defined by her marriage anyway. I don't know how you feel about that, but yes, snap, 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 snap. So I don't know. I just for me, it doesn't really matter. Like she can just be person Meghan Markle for all I care. But I think that Ms. Ms. Period is a more feminist way of being labelled because according to the knot, it doesn't depend on marital status at all and can be used as a title for both unmarried and married women. So as a married woman, Kristen, you could be just referred to as Ms. Oh, I am. I'm a Ms. Meinzer and I'm never going to change that. I'm not going to change it. I was a Ms. Meinzer before I got married. I'm a Ms. Meinzer afterwards. So it's really how you refer to yourself. And I guess Megan has decided this herself, hopefully. And that's why she's gone with Ms. Snap, snap, snap. She should have just been Megan Snap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Megan snap, snap, snap. Exclamation point along with that emoji. That's all we need. I think it's nothing. I hate that there have been some people in the press trying to make this a thing. It's really not a thing at all that they referred to her as Ms. Yeah. The other thing in the invitation I love is that Harry, his name is formally referred to as his given name, which is Henry in the invitation, which I think a lot of people forget that his name is Henry and Harry is the name that he likes to be called, but he's actually Henry. Henry's an adorable name. So cute. I fell in love with a guy called Henry for 24 hours. <laughs> so Ooh, that's a story for somewhere but else. But now he's marrying Megan. <laughs> <laughs> the dress code on the uniform for men is listed as uniform, morning coat, or lounge suit. So we think this means our prediction for Harry wearing his uniform at the wedding is definitely going to come true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, he wants to look like he has a job. So this, this uniform <laughs> is the way to go. <laughs> 
Women will be wearing a day dress with a hat. So get your fascinators, hatinators, cocktail hats or whatever else you want to put on your head ready, ladies. Excellent. It's going to be a beautiful event. I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to all those uniforms and all those fascinators with Ms. Markle Ugh. and Prince Harry. Loving it. I've been checking the DHL tracker and I haven't got mine yet. <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> I wonder what's going on with that. I mean, I, I think in my case, I moved in the last few months. So I'm just afraid that maybe they're not up to date on my address. And you're moving too. I'm sure that's part of it. It's definitely that. It's definitely that. I think if we turn up on the day and just say, do you know who I am? We'll be fine. Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Next up, and we're sorry, we got something wrong. Can you believe it? We're so sorry. We're owning up to it, though. Remember in episode one, Kristen, our first prediction. Oh, yes. About that famous prediction of the banana cake, which it's famous now because it's coming back to haunt us. And many people have written us to point out that our banana cake prediction was wrong. Yeah. The royal wedding cake will not, in fact, be a banana cake. I think our forecasts, uh, we just hadn't like aligned our chakras yet. It was early. But we were close. We were close. The couple have announced what they will be eating on their wedding day. And the wedding cake is a very fancy elderflower and lemon cake decorated with fresh flowers, which is so spring. I love it. The LA Times proudly tells us that the cake will be baked by pastry chef Claire Patak. She runs the East London Bakery, Violet Bakery, but she's from California originally. So it's a beautiful nod to Megan's roots and to her new adopted home. And so it's just like those wedding invitations, you know, the American ink, British paper. Everything has been so carefully designed. And Claire, the baker, she's also going to use a lot of California flair in her baking with organic, seasonable ingredients. And the frosting will be buttercream. Take that yes. stuffy fruitcake. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you might be thinking, like, I've been to loads of weddings. There's always buttercream frosting. Probably true, but it's not so common for royal weddings. So it's a big change. They've switched things up. Another headline we've been swooning over this week comes to us from Entertainment Tonight. Apparently, Harry is pretty keen on having kids soon after he and Meghan marry. And it makes sense. He spends a lot of time with Charlotte and George, the children of Wills and Kate. Plus, their third child on the way will no doubt have a lot of Uncle Harry attention. And Megan has been very welcomed by the royal children as well, as we've mentioned in the past. She's been great with her friends' kids, Jessica Mulroney. She just loves kids herself. So, you know what? Kids could be soon oh my on the way. I'm yes. just so excited about that. I have goosebumps. Like, it's just so obvious that it's going to happen. I, I don't know when, but I feel like they need to stop making public appearances and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that, there are actual hints. It's not just speculation based on the family here. At a couple of royal events recently, Harry and Meghan have hinted, for example, Harry at one event was looking at a baby bathtub and looking at the baby bathtub he kind of hinted that maybe he'll want one of those soon. And he was pointing out the good features of it, like, oh, this is anti-slip, so the baby doesn't slip through. He seems to know a lot about babies. And he seems to be, what, what's the word you guys use? Broody? In a broody way? Yeah, he's pretty broody. Yeah, yeah. So both he and Megan have been dropping little hints like that at public events. So, whew. Hopefully soon. I can't deal. I can't deal. Because they're going to be the cutest babies ever. That's why. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to be beautiful, beautiful babies. Oh, my God. I hope they're ginger. I'm sure at least one of their kids will be ginger. And finally, we're not sure how we feel about this news, but Meghan Markle's getting her own wax figure at Madame Tussauds in London. Oh, yes. Travel and Leisure tells us that Meghan's shiny, uncanny valley version of herself will join 
her waxy husband-to-be in London and in New York at the Madame Tussauds Museums. The famous wax museum has a lot of famous people's likenesses. I have to say, I once had my photo taken next to the Woody Allen one. It was terrifying for many reasons. (laughs) So terrifying. Yeah. That museum. I find waxworks very scary, by the way. They are always scary. We actually don't know yet what Meghan's going to be wearing, but the museum say the choice will reflect an iconic moment in Meghan's royal journey so far. So I'm predicting skinny jeans and that messy bun that we all Ah! love so much. I think it's going to be her in the wedding dress. (laughs) You think so? But we haven't seen the wedding dress yet. No, but it's going to be her in the wedding dress. They haven't released that unveiling date yet, so that could actually happen. But if you live in New York and your name is Meghan or Harry, listen up, because you can go to Madame Tussauds for free anytime time before May 19th. Ah, oh my God. I'm going to have to change my name. <laughs> Ms. Harry Meinzer. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, I think it's time for a quick break, but don't worry, we won't be gone long. We're coming right back with our deep dive. Welcome back, and it's time for our deep dive, and I'm really excited about today's deep dive, Kristen. I've been chatting to James Wharton. Yes, you got to talk with James Wharton, one of Britain's first openly gay soldiers, and he served alongside our guy, Harry. Unfortunately, I was not there for the interview, but tell us all about it. I mean, what is there to say? He's met Harry, like he's actually served with Ah. Prince Harry. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. So yeah, James joined the British Army in 2003 and decided to become a member of the elite Blues and Royals. He served in Iraq, assisted in the training of other troops in Alberta, Canada, serving as the gunner to Prince Harry. James also played a part in major state occasions and escorted the Sovereign at Wills and Kate's wedding back in 2011. He's a big deal. So let's have a listen to what happened when I chatted to James. Hello, James. How are you? I have so many questions for you. Well, I mean, did you ever think you'd end up talking on a podcast about the royal wedding? Well, no, I suppose I didn't. It's quite a, I mean, I was on the last royal wedding as, as a soldier. You know, I had, I had a responsibility as part of the day's occasion. And then it's kind of sad in a way because being in the thick of it with William and Kate's wedding, you really, really felt like you were there. And, you know, I mean, I was just a tiny, tiny cog in a very, very big wheel. But you do seem to feel like when you're sat there, uh, as I was on a horse outside Westminster Abbey, you kind of know, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know that, you know, the Queen is going to emerge at the exit of of, of the Abbey and she'll be followed exactly five minutes to the second by the, the, the newly uh, happily married couple. And, and then that you would take them off and you do second by second, blow by blow, exactly what was going to happen. And you really felt like you were part of it. And being on the sidelines for this now next royal wedding, it, you, you feel a little bit, I don't know, you're like, hmm, kind of wish I was there actually with the boys. You feel usurped. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> I know I can I can imagine how that feels because we all feel the same. But I think what's so nice about Harry is that he and Meghan seem to be so open. They seem to be sharing everything with all of us. So hopefully it will feel like we're there, even though we're not. Yeah, no, I think I think the I think you get a little bit more freedom. I think when you're not the line of succession, which obviously William was. So you were at Will's and Kate's wedding. What what was that like? Obviously, you just explained it was like second by second, which is crazy. But other than that, like what went down and. How was the queen? Well, yeah, you know, she was she was she was looking grand as you'd expect. That I mean, I'd done a lot of ceremonial occasions by then and you do I suppose, well, I think like when you do anything a lot, you become a little bit flippant about it and you think, well, I know what I'm doing, it's fine. I just, you know, do this and do that and that's fine. No no different. But with that one it was different. It was very different. And 
the horses as well. So, you know, I was in the household cavalry and we're the, well, I say they are, I'm not anymore, but they are the mounted escort to the sovereign. And they're, they're the soldiers that you see on horses who are always with the queen when she goes out in, in, in her carriages. And they're the ones who, who carry swords, not the ones that, that actually pull their carriage. But the horses know exactly what's going on. So when you first turn up at that regiment and you do your first ceremonial occasion, which could be the troop of the colour, or it could be the state opening a parliament, or it could be anything that involves taking the, the queen down the mall to something, you sit there and you kind of don't really know what's going on and you just kind of hope you won't make any mistakes. But but actually, you won't make any mistakes because the horses know exactly what they're doing. They just have done it. No way. Oh, honestly, somebody described it as me, James, as saying, well, you just put a tape in and press play, really, and you just sit there. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and the horses will do everything else because wow. these horses have done it a lot more. They've done it many more times than any soldier that's sat on their back. I love the idea of the horse showing you the ropes. But it, and you do, and you match you match young soldiers to more experienced horses because you know that the horses will carry them through it and, it, and it's going to be fine. And of course, don't forget, horses are herded animals. So as long as the guy at the front knows what he's doing, and more importantly, the horse does, the rest will just follow. But the point I was going to make, actually, was with the royal wedding, the whole shebang was different. And the horses, I, I remember I was sat on my horse in Knightsbridge at the barracks, waiting to get the nod to move from that position down towards Victoria, where we would eventually be sat outside the Abbey to then pick up the royal party as they come out of the wedding. We didn't take them to the wedding, we brought them from the wedding. And I remember sitting on my horse, I was on a horse called Doncaster. And Doncaster was in a funny mood all day. And it, it just he just knew that there was something going on. And then we heard this great raw and we didn't quite know what it was and everybody looked a bit panicky actually we were like oh my god what's that noise we've never heard this before and actually we, we learned later it was the moment that kate middleton was sighted for the first time in her dress as she emerged from the hotel yeah and it's this great tremendous roar that just literally went out across the entire city of people cheering and, and and at that point everybody thought this is different the horses thought it was different oh my god i remember that yeah well yeah quite i was on the mall actually and i do remember that now you've said that and it was kind of weirdly terrifying like hearing all of this this roar just coming up from behind you and then swallowing you up yeah and, and the horses heard that and thought this is not 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 usual and that they were in a bit of a bad way after that and i remember really having to ride that horse that day to try and get him to go in the place where I wanted him to go. And that was different to every every other occasion I'd ever sat on a horse and tried to look smart. So yeah, it was an interesting one. So even the horse could feel the sort of tension and excitement in the air. That's so crazy. Yeah, no, I think you've preached it quite nice. But I, I think it was the horse saying, oh, you're on your own on this one. I don't know what's going on either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we want, I want to talk about your military service in a second with Harry but did you fit on the day itself at the wedding did you fist bump Harry obviously not <laughs> no well I mean I was doing busy things wasn't I so I was I was on the sovereign's escort so the boys on their horses with the swords I mean they are actually there for the queen although you know it's Harry's wedding and, and obviously Williams it was Williams wedding but yeah that's almost that's almost like a secondary coincidence really we're there because the, the sovereign is there so we're there for the sovereign but what you find is if there's enough soldiers and and then generally there are you you give what's called a captain's escort to the other important people at Harry's wedding it'll be Harry and Meghan so there'll be a smaller contingent of soldiers who will take Harry and Meghan probably in carriage from 
the wedding and I think they're doing a royal procession through Windsor and then up the long walk which is the very long driveway at the front of Windsor Castle Harry and Meghan will have a little escort of soldiers on horses and then the big escort will be around the Queen and, and the Duke of Edinburgh in their carriage or car I don't know what that will be but they will have you know four big groups of soldiers on horses either side of their carriages two at the front and, and two at the back or it might be one at the front and three at the back whereas harry's just going to get a couple of soldiers on his horses but you won't really be able to tell the difference because from the start and, and the finish it just looks like one giant procession but the um, eagle-eyed among viewers will will know that actually harry's got a little procession and the queen's got a massive procession <laughs> i'm getting so excited now just hearing you talk about the day itself i want to talk about your military service because your story is so interesting and you obviously met and served with Prince Harry who kind of stood up for you at one point as an openly gay soldier. Can we talk about that? Yes, absolutely. It was in Canada and it was 10 years ago this summer. It was the day before his birthday. And the only reason why I know that is because the day after when it was his birthday, I got myself this really random situation where I found myself responsible for giving him his birthday cake. And I had to have this really awkward (laughs) conversation with myself in the Walmart, whether I bought him like two really, really crazy different cakes and i think i went with a big bird option from um, sesame street (laughs) did you burst out of the cake (laughs) no it wasn't that it wasn't that gay james actually it was a little bit more oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i was hoping it was a bit no it would have been great maybe on reflection it should have been but um yes no harry worked for me because he was coming out to canada where me and the rest of the uh, of the boys were already working for a, a little bit of time we were out there for four months and he was coming out to do just one stint of about six weeks with us and I was paired with him as his gunner and the reason why I was paired with him, um, with him and, and nobody else was uh, in that role was because I knew him from when he first arrived at the regiment two years earlier uh, in 2006 and, and and when he arrived in 2006 he joined the part of the regiment that I was part of and we were then subsequently put under orders to deploy to Iraq and the plan was that Harry would come to Iraq with us so we did six months of training all of us and then deployed but literally the day before uh, the government of the day I think it was Blair decided that it just was too dangerous for Harry to go and and he didn't come with us in the end and it was actually it was disappointing for everybody but probably more so for him as he was the person who was actually stood down and the rest of us went anyway flash forward two years we, you know, life moves on, everybody moves on. And actually, uh, not to say that we'd forgotten about Harry, because how could you? But, you know, he wasn't part of our team at that point. And then all of a sudden we just heard, well, I, I heard a week before. So the squadron leader, Major Lawrence, said to me, oh, there's a new second in command coming out to join us next week. And I'm going to have you as his gunner. I hope that's OK. And I was like, well, who is it? Who is it going to be? And he said, oh, it's Mr. Wales. And at that point, believe it or not, we actually had both Harry and William in the regiment. And they were both known as captain wales or lieutenant wales and i think my first response was which one you know yeah and he said harry and i was like thank god uh <laughs> and then and then harry turned up a week later because there is quite a difference between the two i mean not not, not i'm not bad mouthing william at all but, but there is a difference between william and harry in, in in how they are as people if you could define that with one word what would that be i think one's been prepared to be the sovereign one day and the other one hasn't right that makes sense yeah i think that's that is literally the difference yeah 
yeah, one's a little bit more grounded, I think, and down to earth uh, than the other. Not to say that, that, that the other person is a million miles off. No, I mean, that's his job, I guess. That's his potential future. So that would make sense. But that's kind of, that's really interesting hearing that. So yeah, so there we are. So at, at Harry's gonna uh, in Canada, and we were preparing our vehicle to go out and do this training, which we were going to have to do. And um, I got myself into a bit of uh, a pickle with some soldiers from another regiment that, that I didn't know. And he didn't know me either. And the bottom line was it was to do with me being gay. Everybody in my regiment since day dot has known that I'm gay and it's never been a problem, like, you know, at all. I mean, just like not even an issue in any sense. But for this regiment that, that we were not very close to, it was actually a bit of a big deal for them. And the other thing was as well, because I was Prince Harry's gunner, everybody kind of knew uh, me so everyone was like oh that, that, that's his gunner that's prince harry's gunner if you ever want you know if you want to know anything about prince harry he's his gunner go and speak to him oh and he's gay so it was kind of like it's just like a thing you know it's just like oh. it's an annoying thing and of course we're going back 10 years yeah. things are slightly different too but anyway these soldiers came over and they had a bit of a problem with me and yeah i felt like the situation was deteriorating quite quickly so i got myself out of that problem best i could and climbed into my tank where harry was faffing around with something i'm not sure what but he was in the tank sort of doing something and i just closed the hatch down and said um kind of got a problem and he went oh, oh what is it and i told him and he said um that he was going to go off and deal with it so i sort of spinelessly just peeked out at the top of the tank essentially and watched him from afar um <laughs> sort of getting these people together that i didn't know very well and he didn't know either uh and he did he just got them in a line and told them quite directly that they were going to be in a lot of trouble if they didn't book their ideas up wow. essentially uh, and he pointed out that it was homophobic and that it you know it, that there isn't a place for it in the army and that he wouldn't think twice about coming down very heavy on them and i suppose when your grandmother is the uh, you know colonel in chief i think soldiers listen to that <laughs> and they did wow that's genuinely amazing to hear and as a as a gay person as well that's even more amazing but i think it's just such a and it, like it's it just shows you what an amazing person harry is and I guess there's a little bit of that that Megan sees in him too. Oh, I love him so much. And I'm so happy he was there for you, James. That must have been really difficult. It was, it was, it was but I think what I can do now with the benefit of hindsight is put a bit of context in and, and think, yeah, it is actually quite, quite an impressive thing that he did. It was 10 years ago. I think today it wouldn't be any question about a, a commander doing that. But 10 years ago, actually, it, it, would have, it wouldn't have just been a given that uh, a situation that involved something as delicate as somebody's sexuality and then dealing with homophobia be dealt with in such a, a direct and hasty way and and he did that and i thought i now think at the benefit of hindsight that that was actually very much ahead of his time in terms of where he was and and things like that you know when talking about harry as a good man and megan as an amazing uh, inspirational feminist woman are you as excited as we are about their relationship yes i think it's nice i was a little bit well, I say worried. I mean, worry is probably a strong word, but I did wonder whether Harry was was going to be one of those guys who never really settled down. But no, he seems to be he seems to be settling down, and uh, and I think that's nice. Nice for him. Nice, nice for Meghan. Nice for the royal family and the world. Do you think we've made a prediction that Harry will be wearing his uniform on the on the wedding day itself? What do you think about that? Mm, that's good. I might put some thought into this after after I've answered the question. But if you were going to ask for my opinion i think he will wear the uniform of the blues and royals yes i do you do i think he'll wear the captain's uniform of the blues and royals what makes you confident about that i think back to remembrance sunday and i note that he now is no longer an active member of the armed forces so you might think well why would you wear a uniform 
However, on Remembrance Sunday, he did have the uh, the captain's uniform on of the Blues and Royals. But also, it is likely that the Queen will also bestow something like Prince Harry as uh, a colonel of a particular part of the military. So what are you working on now and what's next for you? Well, I'm in Birmingham. I'm working at Birmingham LGBT, which is a charity, having a having a nice time here. It's a citywide charity in Birmingham that, that strives to just make sure that, you know, Birmingham's LGBT community, which is very diverse in itself, has equal access to everything that this city has has to offer. And, and there are a lot of opportunities here. And it's fun. It's nice. I, I, I've not worked in the third sector ever. So I've gone from being in the army to working in PR to working in the in the city to now working in in an LGBT charity space. So, yeah, I manage the wellbeing centre and, yeah, I'm very proud of the work the team does. It's good. I wonder if that at some point might bring you back in touch with Harry and maybe also Megan. Um, <laughs> I could see that happening, James. I wonder. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. You can find James on Twitter at James Wharton, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. And he has two books out as well. You might want to check this out, Something for the Weekend and Out in the Army. Thanks again for joining us, James. That was really insightful and so interesting and just like, wow, as well. My pleasure, James. And do keep up the great work. It's brilliant. Thank you. Oh my God, that was amazing, James. Oh my God. I, I'm so sorry I missed that interview, but wow. I know. I feel like I know Harry now after hearing that. Yeah. Doesn't he sound like such a gentleman, even more than we even realized? Yes. Oh my God. I love him. Right. Stay there. We're taking a quick break, but after that, we'll get into this week's wedding day prediction. And it's a good one. And we're back, and it's our favorite time, prediction time. Reminder, every week, James and I make a prediction for what's going to happen at the royal wedding itself. On the wedding day, we'll release a bingo board slash drinking game with all of the predictions we've made over the course of the last few months on this show. And we'll be able to get drunk, 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 and happy while we check off all of those boxes when all of our predictions come true. We've got our crystal ball ready. Yes, yes. And this week, we have the help of a listener on our prediction. And, you know, over the last several months, a lot of you listeners, a lot of you lovely people out there have written and called in with predictions. And you know what? It's time that we get to one of those predictions yeah, this right is so good. now. So Jenna wrote to us at when Megan met Harry at panoply.fm. And this is what she had to say. Hi, James and Kristen. Love the show, love you back, and look forward to it every week. I've realised this wedding will be bittersweet. On the one hand, I can't wait to watch them walk down the aisle, but on the other hand, when Meghan met Harry, will be over. Sad face. Oh, no, stop. That's so sweet. We're not talking that's about so that sweet. yet. No, not yet. I have a question and maybe a future prediction for you. Do you think the couple will have a private reveal or a first look before walking down the aisle? I'm not married, but I have a feeling I will cry my eyes out. So this is a great option. It's also great because I can touch up my makeup before I head down the aisle. Winky face. It's also a nice way to have an intimate moment with your love without the eyes of hundreds of people watching or millions in Hagen's case. Would love your thoughts. Jenna from Megan's second home, Toronto. Thank you for getting your crystal ball out and giving it a rub for us, Jenna. What do we think? What's our prediction? Wow. I just, first of all, I have to say, Jenna... I love your prediction. I love the idea of them having an intimate moment, just the two of them, a moment where they can do the big reveal. She can see him in his uniform. He can see her in her beautiful dress. They can hold hands and maybe just say something that affirms their love for each other before all the eyes of the world are on them. I love that idea. But, but 
I'm going to predict that that will not happen. I'm predicting there'll be no first look. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it would be beautiful, but I feel like that breaks so much tradition. Yeah. And could it be bad luck? I think it might be bad luck for one. And I think that it would just steal something from that moment, that magic moment that the whole world is a part of. I think a little tiny bit of it wouldn't be there if they did that first look thing. And, you know, how many hundreds and hundreds of years have royals been getting married? They don't ever have first looks. They don't do that. And also, without sounding like a massive Brit here, I would be really disappointed if they did and we put it on our bingo board because we'd never know whether or not it had happened and we wouldn't be able to drink anyway. Oh! <laughs> and isn't, what this, isn't that what this whole thing is about? <laughs> no, but sometimes you find out if there's a first look because a wedding photographer will release a photo of them having their first look before the wedding. So that is, I don't know in the UK how that is, but at least in the US I've seen several wedding photographs of people who've gotten married where you have a first look photo before the wedding. Like a trailer. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> that seems really, that's so American. <laughs> yes, it is so American. It's like, it's not good enough that we're going to vow to be with each other until we're dead. We have to also have a little trailer beforehand, a first look photo. But I don't think they're going to do it. I really don't think so. And I think if they did do it, we'd all know about it. But on our bingo board, we're going to say no first look. Boom. But thank you so much, Jenna, for your question and your prediction. And please send us yours as well. You can email when Megan met Harry at panoply.fm. And that's it for this week's episode of When Megan Met Harry. When Megan Met Harry is produced by Her Royal Highness Lindsay Cradwell. Thanks also to the Earl of Podcasting in London, that's Ryan Dilley. And as always, thanks to Andy Bowers, Archduke of Panoply. Do you have a question about the royal wedding or a prediction like Jenna from Toronto did today? Send us an email at whenmeganmetharry at panoply.fm or tweet us at Royal Wedding Pod. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. And tell all your hashtag Hagen watchers and Anglophiles out there about us. Please also let us know if you receive your invitation in the post. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> if you if you, if you get that invitation, maybe you should just send it to me and James so we can examine it a little bit closer. Send the original copy with the response card. Tip X your name out. Just write ours there. Until next time, I'm James Barr. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.